everybody. Welcome back to Concierge Confidential. I'm your host, Brian Ortega, and today we're doing a little bit of everything. So we're going to be diving into the Super Bowl experience that I had with my parents and how Super Bowl weekend turned out for me. I'll also be diving into a couple other things that happened over the weekend, just a lot of different experiences that I ended up doing, and I kind of just wanted to, to talk about it. So um, this episode is going to be a little bit of everything. Um, I'll be giving you tips on you know, when you're wanting to do big events, where to watch them at, I'll be doing, well, specifically the Super Bowl, because this is the only time I would recommend doing this. Um, also, I went to Delilah's again, of course, but this was on Valentine's Day, which is an extremely busy day where I had to actually do something to be able to get a seat at the bar, which, again, it's not for everybody, but if you're looking for a spot to sit, these are the things that you have to do. Um, it'll also kind of go into, you know, tipping. And then also I'm going to talk a little bit about the new lounge, which is over at the Bellagio, which is Pinky Ring, which is Bruno Mars's new spot over at the Bellagio, which also I have a Super Bowl story to tell you about as well. So this is a little bit of everything in this episode of Concierge Confidential. Okay, everybody, so let's just jump into it. So uh, I've done a couple episodes on the Super Bowl because really that's the big thing that was happening over the week and the weekend. And uh, the fun thing was is that my parents ended up coming in, my mom, my dad, they were staying at the New York, New York. And um, it was really fun just because my mom, kind of a, kind of a big M-Life high roller, um, she ended up getting a nice rate over at the New York, New York, which was you know really well positioned. Um, you know, kind of close to the stadium where we're able to walk to the Mandalay Bay where they have a lot of the experiences and then also, uh, go over to the other parts of the, of the strip for like, for like the, the Bellagio park MGM, so on and so forth. So it was a really well-placed spot for my mom to get a, um, get a room for. Um, and she had a pretty good weekend. She essentially like broke even, but it definitely had its highs and its lows for sure. So a um, couple things. Uh, if you are somebody who really, really enjoys slots and table games, big kudos to New York, New York. Uh, just because it's a very fun casino. It's sort of a nice throwback to like the mid 90s of Las Vegas. Although I think New York, New York actually opened in 98 or 99. So late 90s. But it's just sort of that throwback to when hotels were themed. And it's actually just really, really clean in there and pretty and nice. And I actually did a, um, a work event one time. And where was I at? I was actually at... Um, I was actually in school, and did you know that the New York, New York is one of the most profitable hotels on the Las Vegas Strip, and it only boasts 2,900 hotel rooms. It's one of the smallest hotels on the Las Vegas Strip of the, you know, the major resorts, uh, but one of the main reasons being is that it does not own a lot of its restaurants. It actually rents out a lot of the spaces, so they make money off of that, and then any other revenue that you know comes in subsequently. Also, the... Roller coaster, we have sort of mentioned this a couple times, that the roller coaster itself has been paid off by now. So every time it runs and goes and goes and goes, it's just more profit into the casino. So that roller coaster, one of the smartest moves in Vegas history. But overall, the hotel itself is phenomenal. And I had been boasting all week that a lot of the prices for table games and slot machines were going to be outrageous, which... Some places totally were, and it totally makes sense. But, I mean, for the most part, we were there on a Thursday, Friday. You can find tables, blackjack tables, $15 minimums for most of the day. For reference, it is important to note that most blackjack tables are $15 during the week 
on a normal week. So for them to be able to have $15 tables on Thursdays and Fridays, the week of the Super Bowl, it's phenomenal. I think it's really, really great. And also, I love the actual casino floor itself just because the casino floor is actually quite small and condensed, but really broken up in a nice little way where they have a very good variety of machines, at least the machines that my mom likes to play, Crazy Rich Asians, Top Dollars. She also likes the NFL slot machine. She also enjoys doing the um, the Little Shop of Horrors machine. So sometimes this does change depending on your you know sensibilities in terms of slot machines, like your preferences. But for our preferences, my mom loves these loves these slot machines. So New York, New York actually treated them uh, not too bad. Um, good on the first day. Maybe not so good on the rest of the weekend. But actually, um, we ended up going to Mandalay Bay where she ended up hitting a nice little jackpot, which was nice. Hand pays are nice. So regardless, uh, we stayed at the New York, New York, and then I would go to and from work you know, throughout the weekend, and then I had the Super Bowl off as well. Uh, we did end up going down to the Super Bowl experience, the fan experience, which I have to say, if you ever do this in any other city... I don't know if it was just for Las Vegas, but it seems like it would be citywide uh, for the Super Bowl. The fan experience is actually quite fun. And even though it says it's only $50 or $25 if you want on a Wednesday, um, you do have to pay extra for the experiences at the fan experience. So you have to register, you have to go online, download their app, and then you have to actually pay for a lot of the extra experiences that you are going to do um, over at the fan experience, which I understand just because it actually keeps the lines down. Um, but one of the most popular things to do, which I did not wait in line for, is the line to take your picture with the Lombardi Trophy. And that line was extremely long. They even had it like covered so you know, nobody can see the line. Uh, but overall, a really fun experience walking over there. Have patience. I would recommend do this with people that are used to going to theme parks. My dad is somebody who does not enjoy theme parks, I would say. Or maybe he does, but he just does not enjoy lines. And um, not a great place for people who don't like lines. Um, and no, you can, I guess you can pay for like a fast pass, but definitely not for this particular experience. So again, keep it in mind, just in case Super Bowl comes to your town, it'll be in New Orleans next. Um, that'll be a time where you're able to experience the experience again. So anyways, the crowds themselves were actually, you know, it was busy. It was, ex ex it was essentially exactly what I thought it was going to be like in terms of the number of people that were there. So I think that was okay. Lots of security, lots of bomb sniffing dogs. You see a lot of dogs sort of walking through a lot of the major areas just in, you know, obviously because increased security and such. Um, but I mean, it's not super intrusive. Like you don't have to go inside of, you know, metal detectors and stuff wherever you go is pretty much a very similar like busy weekend experience for Las Vegas but I have to say I think it was quite a success and I think the Super Bowl will love to come back uh, again and again so let's fast forward to Sunday so the actual Super Bowl itself so we did not have reservations anywhere which is pretty typical for my family my family's not being into making reservations for watch parties or things of that nature so we ended up sort of waking up, starting our day, and everything on Super Bowl Sunday is extremely hard to get into, even if you're just trying to go for breakfast, especially because there's so many people in town. All of the major, you know, cafes and, you know, restaurants and that kind of thing are super busy, especially if you get up past, you know, 9 o'clock 
So my dad ended up getting a sandwich. Me and my mom didn't want a sandwich, so we ended up walking down the strip outside. Uh, beautiful day, by the way. It was like 65 degrees, which is brisk. But we ended up, because it was later in the day, it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, trying Waterburger for the first time on the Las Vegas Strip. So um, the Waterburger was fantastic. Um, they also have a nice bar inside of that Waterburger. So uh, if you want to have a Waterburger and a beer, that is definitely possible. Um, so that place was great. Uh, they also have a pizza place sort of attached to it as well. They have a second floor, which we did not experience just because they had it tapered off. But um, it was cool because we actually got to watch um, a lot of the pregame show, which uh, – featured Brent Musburger, who was talking about CBS Today, which is a company um, that I work where Brent actually works now, uh, which is VEASAN, um, which is owned by DraftKings. And I was able to check it out, and it was really fun watching it. But also the food was really, really good at this Whataburger. It was the first time I ever, ever tried a double Whataburger Junior, and that is the way to go. It is so good. Um, they have a really cool, like, big like kind of W table, which was that was fun to sit at. And again, first class service. Um, it also probably helped because a lot of the Waterburger higher ups were standing there the entire time. There was a whole table of higher ups of Waterburger, seeing that their operation was going well, <clears throat> which it was definitely. So that was sort of our breakfast was Waterburger, where we hooked up with my dad, and then we continued our walk. Uh, up the strip. So we ended up walking up to the Bellagio, which once we got to the Bellagio, so first of all, we actually ended up getting to Cosmopolitan, which was one of my dad's favorite places to watch the Super Bowl a couple years back. I had an inkling that this was going to happen, but as it does, they actually roped off the entire section for Cosmopolitan Sportsbook, where you're not able to sit at the tables, you're not able to sit at the bar. It's all reserved for the Super Bowl festivities. So um, <clears throat> we weren't able to sit there, so we had to continue our march on for a place to watch the Super Bowl. So we made our way to the next possible place, and that was the Bellagio. I did have in mind once we got there, I thought, you know what? The high limit bar, and this is where the big tip is. This is the big tip if you ever come and watch the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas and don't have a reservation, is I said, well, why don't you go to the high limit bar? It's brand new. It has TVs because I've you know been there once before. And that's where he went. So my, act, my dad actually was able to find a seat, was able to watch the TVs, and sat there for most of the afternoon. We, had a, we must have been there since 1130-ish. So just say 11:30. And he sat there. And then we didn't want to stay there. We ended up keep wa we kept walking up and up down up and down the strip. So me and my mom actually ended up walking all the way up to the Mirage, where they have the Paramount Mountain, which is where the volcano is. And again, everybody was freaked out about the volcano. Don't worry, guys. It's not going anywhere. Not yet. Um, it will be going somewhere soon once they take it down. But <clears throat> they actually converted the Mirage volcano into the Paramount Mountain, where you actually can see them build it all up because it was Paramount Plus. So they actually had a free exhibit where you can go in and they had all the different properties where you can take pictures in front of theme stuff. Um, you can compete in different activities. They had karaoke. And probably one of the more popular things was is they had a cutout or a actual built-up little barn that was for Yellowstone, uh, the show, <clears throat> which my parents love. So we were able to take our picture. We were able to get a koozie with your initials on it, which that was sort of lasered in. So that was free as well. So this is a really fun free exhibit that we actually ended up doing, which is perfect for me and my mom because 
we travel a lot together. We go to like, you know, amusement parks. We stand in line for things. We go to like New York and we'll go to like on the Empire State Building. So this felt very much like that. Uh, and it was free, which was nice. So that was a fun thing to do. Um, we got to jump in and, you know, pop into the Mirage one more time, which my mom played a machine and it didn't hit. It's too bad. Buffalo Carnival did not hit there. Um, so we left uh, the Mirage. You look great, sister. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how you turn out once they redo you uh, this year. So, as we made our way back towards the Bellagio, because it was getting closer to kickoff, uh, we got to the Bellagio where my dad was sitting, and he had, you know, my dad's a really good bar person. Like he'll sit there, gets to know the entire layout, who's who. By the way, Jerome Bettis was there. That was awesome. But hooked up with my brother, who was actually like there with him, and. This was super annoying, and we're going to get into it now, and that is my dad had been sitting there since 11 o'clock. It is now 1.30, possibly 2 o'clock, so about an hour away from kickoff, hour and a half, if so. My dad had probably had spent, you know, a good amount of money at this bar already because he had been sitting there. He does, you know, he has more than one drink. He's not just going to take up a stool, so sitting there, there was no signage, nothing at this bar. So then the bartender who's going home, by the way, which has worked out terribly. Um, she ends up informing my dad that that bar will now implement a spending minimum for the Super Bowl. This was not posted anywhere. Super, by the way, second time at the Bellagio that we've had an issue for something. Once was the restaurant. The second is the high limit. So Bellagio, you're on my list now. So Jesus, so I just praised one of your properties, which is New York, New York, MGM Resorts, New York, New York. And now Bellagio, you're just doing it again, man. Get your shit together. So why do I say this? So they implemented a spending minimum of $200 per person. Sorry, per person. So then I ask, is it per person or is it per chair? Which is a very important distinction, especially for a bar that does not have, you know, a cover charge to get into. It does not have any signage about this anywhere. And I, you ask, and by the way, asking somebody who's going home, this is another tip. If someone is going home or if it's a shift change, ask the person who's responsible after that person because that person does not give a shit. They don't care. They just want to go home. They're going to say whatever they want to say so they can leave and get out of your face. So they say it's per person, which there are five people there, $200 per person to sit at the bar. Again, not marked. So we could have, I could have really went in and asked the manager or the supervisor, hey, what does this mean? My dad's been sitting here. He spent considerable amount of money. Um, which, mind you, was more than the minimum was already, and we were going to sit there for more hours, so it might have saved us there. So didn't ask any of those questions. We just said, is it per person or per chair? They say it's per person. There's five of us. That's not going to happen. We're not going to be doing that. So especially because, it's just, again, it's a regular bar TV. It's whatever. So we get up and we walk out. So now we got an hour and 15 to figure out where to actually find a place to watch the game, which all falls on my shoulders, the concierge shoulders. This is what I'm talking about. So we didn't stress. We had a backup plan, thought about it. So we started making our way back towards New York, New York. So we hopped on the tram, which goes from the Bellagio to Park MGM. So we're cutting out walking in that distance. So as we sort of make our way to Park MGM, we get there. 
I always I know that the, there's the high limit. I walk into the high limit. There are some seats available, and then they have the TVs. So typically, high limit bars are great places to watch the Super Bowl. Typically, unless you're the Bellagio because they hate money. So it's just so ridiculous. I just don't get it, guys. I just don't get it. This is why people have a problem with Vegas. This is the problem. It's the it's the the corporate part of it that is ruining it. The people are great. The workers are amazing. It's the corporate part of it that is really, really eating at people, the nickel and diming, if you will. Um, because this works two different ways. Bellagio says, hey, if we spend or charge you $200 per person, we're guaranteed to get $200 for that one person right there. That one person. Their, their significant other will walk away, whatever. They don't want to spend the $400. You're putting a minimum on us. You're putting you know, the pressure on. We get to Park MGM. Um, there's one bartender, one cocktail waitress walking around. Good vibes. Good vibes. It wasn't like it was dead. The Park MGM's nice spot. Um, again, it's the high limit. One part of the bar is full. Sports fans. The other part of the bar, and this is how they change. This is just how they operate differently. So nice group of people, by the way, that were in front of us. I also love to use the phrase, um, I'm just looking for a seat for my dad. He's coming over. At, you know, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. I'm looking for a seat for my dad, whatever. And these people kind of look like they were gonna on their way out. And they said, oh, yeah, we're on our way out. We're going to leave. You can have this spot. So um, had a little conversation with them. They were great. We grabbed a chair. You do have to be very cutthroat, by the way, when you start getting, like, for the Super Bowl and stuff that isn't, like, you know, included, where if a seat opens up, you grab the seat. You just jump in it. My sister, my sister-in-law is funny because she was, like, my mom was sitting down, and we had an empty chair. And she said, oh, like, here's a seat for you. And she's like, oh, no, I'm okay standing. He's like, no, sit in the fucking seat. Sit in the seat. Uh, because if you don't sit in it, somebody else will. So we sat in the seat, got all the seats available. No spending minimum. By the way, don't ask. Don't be like, hey, is there a spending minimum? Don't, don't do that. Um, but got all of our seats. We're sitting down. I forget the guy's name. Totally forgot the bartender's name. Great bartender, by the way. And I have an idea of what I think his name is, but I'm not going to, like, you know, be, be mean about it so anyways comes in just hey which one drink boom 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 drinks got drinks in front of us it's great we sat there for the entire game guys the entire game and we drink we definitely drink so people might ask you why do you i'm nervous to go to the high limit bar because it's got to be expensive right it's the high limit bar well the thing is, is you're not gambling gambling is the high limit part the bar is going to be a bar. Obviously, they might have higher priced, you know, items up there, but they can only charge a beer so high. They're not going to charge you a $30 beer. I mean, they're probably going to charge you 11 to $12 for a beer, but you know, you get with it. You sort of figure out that you have to have the trade-off somewhere. So you figured, "Hey, I'm going to be spending at least 200 minimums at the Bellagio. I'll spend it here instead." So, instead of getting one person for 200, you got five people for whatever we paid, which was more than that. Um, not more than the 200 per person. Cause not that, cause my mom doesn't drink very much. Cause again, that's again, that's a waste, but you get more people sit at the bar. We tip the bartender a good amount. Mind you, we tipped him a good amount. I checked, I checked with my mom, which then she told me because the bartender mid shift 
he cashed this out because my mom and my dad went back to the to the to the hotel and he said hey that was you know very generous and i was like oh my goodness i wonder what they put in that's nice uh then my mom told me what it was and i was like oh that was nice good for us so that was good for the bartender he had a good day that's why you have the super bowl here the corporate stuff that pays for itself you're gonna the corporate stuff is for the hotel rooms the restaurants the casino all of that, I mean, you can have your private parties, you can have your bought-out events areas, it's posted. Everybody knows that if you're going to a restaurant that is showing the football game and they have to make a reservation, they know ahead of time that that is the minimum they have to spend. That minimum goes to the casino or the restaurant or whatever, and then you do get, you know, obviously the auto-gratuity that goes to the servers. But again, that's for those workers in those areas. The high limit bartender knows he's going to be busy, but he probably didn't know he was going to be this busy. And this is a good way for him to make money is this volume of people that are playing. And the way, the reason that you have the Super Bowl here and say, hey, we're going to bring in this much money to the casino, that is what that is. It is actually giving money to the bartenders that get tips. When you say, hey, we're going to, Put this into the economy. That is our economy. So don't put minimums on us an hour before the game starts because you think it's advantageous for you. Don't do it. So that's what I really hated. That's why I had such a problem with what the Bellagio did of actually telling us, hey, there's going to be a minimum an hour before the game started because you found out, hey, we probably could make money now. I don't like it. I did not enjoy that. Really, really bad marks. I don't know if I'll ever be back to the high limit. Does that matter to them? No. But I get to tell you guys, and now you guys know about it, but really did not like that, but really enjoyed Park MGM's handling of it. I think it's always one of those things that they know that the Super Bowl's in town, but they don't know that it's you know going to be everywhere. So getting the sound on was a little bit of an issue, but we got the sound on. They accommodated. Everybody sort of chills out. The high limit dealers kind of know the deal. Like they don't, don't worry about them, but the bartender, the servers, because they did have high top tables that people were watching the game at, they kept it full. It's probably one of the fullest times this high limit bar has ever had in, you know, the while that it's been there. So again, all I got to say is Park MGM did a fantastic job of accommodating for the high limit bar. And I think it benefited them greatly by having groups of people in there who are watching the game that don't have a minimum that have to spend. So that's all I got to say. And my team won. Well, it's not my team. The team I bet on won, so that's all I care about. So, boom. Um, I also did one, went ahead and played craps. And, man, it was fun playing craps when you're a little bit tipsy, have a little bit of money. It was a good night. So that's all I got to say about the Super Bowl. Let's switch up topics. This next section is going to be a little bit shorter, but I just really wanted to give you my experience over at the Super Bowl because I thought we had a very successful day, even though it you know, started off a little bit rocky, but ended up being quite fantastic. So again, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about Delilah's experience and a little bit of tipping on the other side. Okay, everybody, so we're back, so let's just dive into it. So I actually ended up going to Delilah's a couple days ago, um, Valentine's Day to be specific, and it was just one of those things, like it was one of my days off, I kind of had to switch days around, and I really wanted to just go out and you know check out and see what's going on in town. So I ended up going out, I went to Delilah's, uh, I kind of went during you know rush hour, which is like around 8 o'clock, so really busy, uh, knew it was Valentine's Day, did not know that they had a 
prefix menu, which this would be good to know for next time. But the prefix menu was strictly enforced uh, downstairs, which I sat at the bar downstairs because the upstairs bar was packed, just absolutely just packed to the gills. Um, also, I knew the two bartenders on the top, so that helped. Um, but went downstairs, and uh, they said, oh, no, it's prefixed. You have to do the prefix, you know, yada, 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 which was $175, which I'm not drinking or eating $175 worth of food. Sorry. Um, and that didn't include cocktails, so would have been much more expensive of a night. And, again, it was too much food. I didn't want that much food. But, anyways, they had some good food on it because I'll talk to you about that later. So went back upstairs, stood around, you know, got my drink. And I noticed it was going to be a, a, a busy day at the top in the bubble bar at Delilah's. So this is my tip for those of you, especially if this is, again, know where you're at. Just know where you are at. So when you're at a place kind of like Delilah's or Cathedral or Jean Georges, something like this, um, I would definitely say this most likely will work. It also helps, again, if they if the bartenders know you, but you know a really fast way to becoming a local or a regular in a place? Tipping. Uh, money talks, baby. Um, you'll hear it all the time that money talks in this town. So when I went up to get my uh, get my cocktail, I said, you know, leave my tab open. And when I went to go pay him, tipped him 20 bucks. I said, hey, just let me know if any spot's open. That's all it takes. I'm not telling him to give me a spot because that's what that $20 meant. But I'm just saying, hey, there's a spot open. Let me know. So stood up top, just kind of hanging out. I was up there for, you know, up there for probably about 10, maybe not 15 minutes, but about 10, 15 minutes. It's a small bar. I even moved around a little bit and I got to the other side. And then when I got to the other side, um, noticed two people were, you know, I didn't even know that they were leaving yet. But all I see is, is I see David. Man, I got to remember his name. Um, anyways, so I see him motion towards me. These two seats right here. Boom, right here. I was like, that's my fucking guy. So anyways, uh, what happened was he actually got, it was, was kind of cool. Um, I didn't know, I wasn't expecting all this. But he ended up getting um, a reserved little placard and put it right in front of that part of the bar. So everybody knew that that part of the bar was actually going to be reserved, those two seats. Uh, it's by myself, so one seat's fine. So ended up, you know, those people got out. I moved in, sat in my seat, boom, got my spot. And again, this is just a story of money talks. And it doesn't take a lot of money. It does not take a lot of money to feel like a high roller in this town. People say, oh, well, you got to be tipping $100, $200. You don't. You can get a lot of things in this town for 20 bucks. 20 bucks is essentially the going rate of getting things done here. I mean, 100 would be astronomical. I don't know how much extra stuff you can get with $100. Although when I was a concierge, um, I ended up you know, faking like I did something um, where a, a guest tipped me $100 on Memorial Day weekend to get him a cabana at the pool. And uh, I looked, 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 and then I was like, oh. Oh, it looks like I do have something available. Had plenty of seats. Of, I had plenty of uh, day beds and stuff available and just charge them the, the price it was for the day bed. But it's all about the act, which is the fun part. So we're able to get him a reservation, which that was important. But either way, I was able to sit down. I was able to get to the place that I wanted to get to, which is the bar. Had a couple cocktails. Fantastic. And I was able to order the a la carte uh, upstairs, which they had a carbonara, which is usually not on the menu. 
absolutely fantastic. I actually thought the Carbonara Delilah's was maybe better than the, the Carbonara over at Mother Wolf. Maybe. I just think it's just it's, uh, Mother Wolf, a lot of pepper. Got to say, Mother Wolf, got to take it easy in the pepper. And again, I'm not a foodie. I go to a lot of restaurants. I don't call myself a foodie at all. But man, it is like a lot of pepper in every single bite over at um, Mother Wolf. Although I would love to try the pizza again. But Carbonara Delilah's, very, very good. So I'm enjoying it. A couple of British people in town it was really fun. Um, I ended up buying you know somebody a drink, which was fun. Um, a couple rules about buying people drinks, uh, and I'm not saying I like I broke any rules or anything, but and this is what I did because I think this is a you know polite way of doing it. You know, once they ordered their drinks, they ordered their drinks, and then I said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll get that you know I'll, I'll I'll get that round. I was like, hey, that you know get that round on me. And I just told the bartender, did not make a big fuss of it. I let the bartender tell him. And I think this is a good way to go, um, especially because if you just say, hey, I'll get those, it's a little obnoxious. But I told the bartender, hey, you know, I'll get those drinks. So once it all happens, got a drink for myself, obviously. Uh, and it was kind of dessert drink because I was on my way out. Um, once they got there, you know, once everything was sort of settled, the bartender went over and said, hey, those drinks are on him, you know, over there. And then it was beautiful. They say, oh, thank you, you know, so on and so forth. And then, you know, boom, there you start your conversation from there. Uh, but again, I think it's important to be understated. The bartender knows. The gesture is there. Good luck with what you want to do. Uh, but again, I think it still works. I think buying people drinks still is a good way to, you know, get stuff. Um, not get stuff, but, you know, get conversations started. Um, so, yeah. People still like to communicate live in person. Um, so, yeah, that was great. Um, would I say that going out single on Valentine's Day is a good idea? Mm, maybe. Because um, I have to say, because I actually stopped at Fountain Blue before I went to Delilah's. Fountain Blue packed on v Valentine's Day. But overall, everybody looks beautiful, looks nice. You get a lot of Galentine's people going on those days. So it's actually not a terrible time to go out is on Valentine's day. So little little note, little note, but casinos are a good spot. I wouldn't recommend go to like an actual restaurant because people are there to eat food, but moving on. That was my Delilah's experience. It was fantastic. Really enjoyed the guys there. Really appreciate my guys behind the bar, hooking it up and finding me a spot. Also, just a little quick thing about tipping is I was at Fountain Blue. This guy had at least twelve to $13,000 in front of him. If you're going to be rolling that hard, if you're going to be you know rolling that deep with cash and showing it like that, um, he was playing craps. I was watching. I was watching. You got to tip at least five bucks. I'm sorry. You can't tip $2 a drink when you have $10,000 in front of you and you're showing it. Like I could see you put, you know, you got you know thousand bucks in front of you fine you can tip too but like dude you're rolling 15 grand five dollar tip should be required if you, you got to the, the cocktail waitress if you're getting a drink from the cocktail waitress give her a five dude give her a five but again that's another conversation for another day but again if you're gonna be rolling hard like that then you know you gotta you gotta give it up so my last bit that i wanted to talk about is 
Pinky Ring over at the Bellagio. Uh, it's going to be a new lounge opened by Bruno Mars. Uh, this place is actually had set or it's set to open and it opened um, the day after the Super Bowl, which it overtakes the Lily Spot, which is the old cocktail lounge, which is over at the Bellagio. So kind of funny. I was talking shit about the Bellagio earlier, but then I might go back and check it out again. But this spot looked really cool from when we were doing their walk around. It is enclosed, so you cannot see in. Um, it's interesting. We'll see how it goes when I try to go out to it. But from the pictures I've seen, it actually has a live band space. It also has a nice little bar, a lot of like reserved seating areas. And they also have a lot of Bruno Mars's Grammys on the walk-in. Um, it does look a little bit restrictive in terms of how they let you in. You might need a reservation to get in. We'll see how it goes depending on the time of the night. And, um, they say fashionable attire is you know required um when they say fashionable i would say you know if you're not a fashionable person dress pants maybe a jacket would be good um again it's sort of i would say like nightclub attire i would definitely say like try nightclub dress up if you can gentlemen ladies do your thing but again just dress like you've been there before or you belong i always tell people that on this pod dress like you deserve to be there and act like you deserve to be there. That's very, very important. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like. There's no pictures allowed inside. Uh, this has worked for places like Delilah's. And I think a lot of places are like would like to lean towards this. Just because then it feels like more of an intimate, fun experience. And it really builds up the sort of aura of a place. Is if you can't take pictures. Because nobody can see in. So I think that'll be interesting. And I'm really excited to check out uh, Pinky Ring. Uh, just because I dig the vibe. And hopefully... It lives up to the hype, if you will. So we'll see how it goes. But that was kind of like a potpourri episode of Concierge Confidential. Hopefully you're able, you hopefully enjoyed some of the stories of the Super Bowl weekend and the week ensuing that as well. But uh, I'll be back. Um, I really want to talk about, because I talked to my mom about this, was how important cocktail waitress dresses were if I was opening a casino. And I think in an episode coming up you know, soon, I want to sort of build my perfect casino or what I would like to put in my casino. And if you guys want to actually like, let me know what you think a perfect casino looks like, uh, drop it in any of my comments uh, over at Instagram, which is conscious confidential underscore LV or my actual personal Instagram, which is Brian underscore Ortega 26. Um, or you can check us out on TikTok, which is at keys to Vegas. If you want to check out any of the videos that we've made, but yeah, let, you know, DM me, Message me about what your perfect casino looks like, and maybe I'll share it here on the pod. Um, and then we'll see. Maybe put up to a vote to see what you guys think uh, the perfect casino looks like. Make sure to drop in what you would name the casino. I think that's always fun is naming casinos. So, uh, yeah, this was a fun episode. Kind of just recapping things what went on. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Remember, if you guys see me out in town, just say hello. Um, walk up to me. I love to say hello to you guys. And, um, yeah, if you see me. I'll buy you a drink. You know, pretty cool. Don't get too wild on me. Don't get like Johnny Walker Blue. Then we got to have a conversation. But anyways, if you see me out in town, it's awesome. But remember, keep it confidential. Confidential.